Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Is it always safe to wait until it's too late to find out if what you believed is true? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We've been looking at an article that Eric wrote many years ago, by the way, and it's found on our website. Where can a person find this article, Eric? MRM.org slash tomorrow too late with hyphens between tomorrow too late. And the title of the article is When Tomorrow May Be Too Late, an evangelism strategy for, quote, we'll all find out at the end, end quote. And as you start off in this piece, Eric, you mentioned a conversation that you had with a Latter-day Saint many years ago, although I'm sure many people listening to this show who have tried to share their Christian faith with their LDS neighbors or acquaintances have had the same experience, that when you're discussing something with them, they get to the point, perhaps they don't have an answer or they don't think you're listening. It could be a number of reasons where they'll finally say, well, I'm not sure how to answer your objection. I guess we'll all know in the end anyway, won't we? And as I ask, uh, is that really safe, especially when it comes to issues of eternal consequence? Now, directions from one point to another, that's not so important. You could take a different street and get to the same place. But, you know, I remember the expression, all paths don't lead to God. And I kind of used to hold on to that because there are a lot of different paths, but they don't all lead to God. And I've rethought that now, and I don't necessarily hold to that position anymore. Really, truthfully, biblically, all paths do lead to God, Because we're all going to stand before him in judgment. No matter which path we took, we're going to stand before Jesus, and Jesus as described, as the one who's going to be there at our final judgment. The question is, are you prepared for that time? It's coming. You've been given an opportunity. Are you taking advantage of that opportunity? And I don't think when a Latter-day Saint says, well, I guess we'll all find out at the end anyway, is a very good response when they don't seem to have answers to some very important questions. Now, in the article, Eric, you mentioned Blaise Pascal, and Pascal was known for Pascal's wager. That wager was more intended for atheists and the consequences if the atheist is wrong. And what you do in this article is you kind of tweak Pascal's wager to make it fit what we're trying to discuss with Latter-day Saints. And you give four bullet points here. First of all, the argument, are both faiths correct? Well, you make it very clear. That can't be possible. Either Mormonism is true or Christianity is true. But then you go on to explain yourself in point number two that there is a possibility that both faiths could be wrong. Now, I would certainly say that that is a possibility. I'm not all-knowing. I'm not omniscient. I could be wrong. We don't find a lot of Latter-day Saints saying that to us, but they may think that, but they certainly don't usually offer that to us in the course of a conversation. But the fact is, we could both be wrong. 
there could be some evidence that I have not seen that might change my mind completely. Then in point number three, you say Mormonism is true and Christianity is wrong. There is that possibility. It could be that Mormonism is true, and my understanding of Christianity is incorrect. And if I'm using this with a Latter-day Saint, I'm saying that this is not going to prove our faith to be true at all. But at the same time, if you're right, Mr. Mormon, and I am wrong, what is your fate in the end, and what is my fate? Oftentimes, I've had Latter-day Saints say, well, you know, I'm hoping to get to the celestial kingdom, but I'll probably end up in the terrestrial kingdom because I'm not doing everything I'm supposed to. I said, okay, great. What's my position? And they'll say, well, you seem like a nice person. You'll probably end up in the terrestrial kingdom as well. So that really brings out to light that really, if you're right, I actually kind of am a winner in the end because I'm going to get exactly what you're probably going to get in the end. And that's what Pascal was really trying to do with those atheists who don't believe in God. If the atheist is right, well, so what? I've, I've lived what I feel is a good, honorable life of integrity. I die. It's all over. But if the atheist is wrong, there's going to be consequences to face. And, and so in point number four, you say the other possibility is that Christianity is true and Mormonism is false. If that's the case, then the scenario you just gave, Eric, isn't going to work because there is not going to be any terrestrial kingdom or telestial kingdom to fall back on. It would be very similar to what we read in the Bible and, I might add, what we read in the Book of Mormon. There's only two destinations, heaven or hell. I know that's an uncomfortable proposition, especially if you think you might be going to the latter, but that's what the Bible says. And Jesus spoke a lot about that subject, so if you think Jesus was wrong on that, you need to take that up with him. But then in the last section, you have the subheading, I can do it later. And you say this, if nothing else, the questions associated with the third possibility, that being Mormonism is true, can help show the Mormons how they're not ready for the celestial kingdom, even if their religion is true. Because they know they are not doing what they've been commanded to do, many put their hope in the idea that they will be able to fix their sinful state in the intermediate state after death. But both the Bible and Book of Mormon disagree with this assessment, you write. And then you cite Hebrews 9, which says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. And you also have 2 Corinthians 6, 2, that says, Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, interesting enough, and you bring this out in your article, the Book of Mormon teaches basically that same message. And you cite Alma 34, which we have cited so many times on this show. I apologize if we are boring you with this. But Alma 34 is a very good source to go to when talking with the Latter-day Saint who tells you he believes the Book of Mormon is true, is the Word of God, but at the same time feels that after their death, they will have an opportunity to make up for all those shortcomings that they didn't get taken care of during this mortal probation. Well, just that idea alone seems to nullify the whole Mormon doctrine of mortal probation. Why, why would you have a mortal probation if you could do it after your mortality? That makes no sense at all. But of course, Alma 34, 32 says, For behold, this life is the time for men to prepare to meet God. And it warns the reader not to procrastinate the day of their repentance 
until death because what happens? The Book of Mormon says, if you procrastinate the day of your repentance, the devil has sealed you his, and this is the final state of the wicked. Now, if you're a Latter-day Saint and you believe the Book of Mormon, I really don't understand how you can also believe that there may be a chance to make up for this lost time. It sounds like that verse is saying that is not going to be a possibility. And to bolster our interpretation of that passage, you cite from the miracle of forgiveness, the 12th president, Spencer W. Kimball. Yeah, and this is what he wrote. He says, again and again in different phraseology and throughout the centuries, the Lord has reminded man so that he could never have excuse. And the burden of the prophetic warning has been that the time to act is now in this mortal life. One cannot with impunity delay his compliance with God's commandments. That sounds uncompromising and clear. And I would tend to say in this case that in the context of Mormonism, certainly, Kimball is correct in his conclusion. And certainly when you have the first chapter of his book in The Miracle of Forgiveness, the very first chapter is what? The time to act is now. You're supposed to do it now. Now, we've heard many Latter-day Saints give us the impression that that's exactly what they're doing because they'll tell us, well, no, I haven't really repented of all my sins. And especially when you look at their definition, it means confessing and forsaking them permanently. No Latter-day Saint has done that. And you've heard us say many times on this show, that proves that the restored gospel of Mormonism is not the gospel of the New Testament because nobody can achieve the benefits based on that kind of a requirement. We hear a lot of Latter-day Saint leaders talking about walking on the covenant path. We heard that, in, for instance, in the April 2022 conference, where several leaders, including uh, Russell M. Nelson and Dallin H. Oaks, the top two leaders of the church, saying those things. I noticed, Bill, that when they're talking about the covenant path and they're talking about making these covenants that you're going to keep all the commandments all the time, they don't ever mention that, oh, by the way, if you don't quite get there, there's a do-over in the next life. So if you get to paradise, there might be a few fix-ups you might need to make, kind of like purgatory is to Catholicism. But I don't hear the leaders emphasizing that at all. Now that you've said that, I'm thinking about it. They don't ever seem to give the impression that you can do it later. Don't worry about it. They're always emphasizing the importance of, as you say, staying on that covenant path and so forth. They don't seem to ever want to give the listener a way out that makes it more comforting for them as far as, well, if you don't, you can do it later. Now, it's not that there haven't been some statements by some past leaders that I think some Latter-day Saints might want to twist into drawing that conclusion. But I think those statements are more outliers rather than what we hear over and over from the leadership of the church. Because we do see, for instance, Alma 34 being cited many times by modern Latter-day Saints. They don't always elaborate on what that verse says. They just kind of throw it out there as, here's your warning. They don't usually say something to the effect that if you don't stay on the covenant path, that's okay, you'll be fine in the next life. And of course, the covenant path is all about commandments. In the first paragraph that we talked about a couple days ago from the article that we're dealing with, this is what the Mormon would say, I guess we'll all know in the end anyway, won't we? When I get that question, I will say, yes, 
We will all know in the end, but unless you have your sins forgiven, it is too late. And that is what we are really wanting the Latter-day Saint to think about, because even in their own theology, forgiveness of sins is mandatory if they hope to receive the best that their religion offers them. Now, we admit we don't view the celestial kingdom, as they understand it, as a biblical doctrine, because it doesn't talk about these three degrees of glory, and we've mentioned many times where the Latter-day Saints get that and how they misuse those verses and read into those passages things that, for instance, the Apostle Paul never intended. And we know that because there's other things that the Apostle Paul has written that shows that he would not have believed that regarding those passages because of what he says elsewhere. It is our hope that we can get the Latter-day Saint to see and examine himself. Where is he right now in light of eternity? Because tomorrow may be too late. Nobody is guaranteed a full lifetime during this mortality. Some certainly, you take for instance, Russell M. Nelson, God has been gracious to him and given him a lot of years to get right. So far, he has not taken advantage of those years. And I fear for him when he passes away, and he will. But we don't know if we even have tomorrow. So I hope if you're a Latter-day Saint listening to this message that you would prayerfully consider what you've heard these past few days. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.